This is the Horse Radio Network. What a beautiful day for horses in the morning. You are listening to the number one horse podcast in the world. Here's your entertaining look at the horse world and the people in it. I'm Brittany Grover. And I'm Jan Westmark. And you are listening to the monthly Sidelines episode of Horses in the Morning on the Horse Radio Network for April 7th, episode 2907. This episode is presented by the Knox School as a special episode of Horses in the Morning brought to you every first Thursday of the month by Sidelines Magazine, the lifestyle magazine for horse people about horse people. The Sidelines April issue is our annual eventing issue. So in this episode, we'll not only talk to two eventers, but we're talking about crazy things we've done with horses. We'll be chatting with teenage show jumper Haley Royce, 21-year-old eventer Cosby Green, and Olympic eventer Doug Payne with his wife, Jess Payne. And Jan, I am so excited because we've been planning on talking about these crazy horse stories. I keep having to stop you from telling me because <laughs> I want to save it to share with everybody. So let me hear some of your crazy things you've done on horses when you're young. Well, my friend Brenda and I, uh, we grew up in Tampa, Florida, and we both had horses. And our goal was always to jump higher and higher and higher. So now we're talking, you know, uh, horses that we didn't show. We're just talking, you know, we had little barns um, and we would set up barrels. You know how you stand them up on end and put uh, not even poles, but we'd have to find tree branches, uh, break them and put them across the, the barrels and oh, jump them. And the higher we could go, the better. And of course we were, don't listen to this kids, or at least don't do this at home, but <laughs> we had no helmets, no saddles, and usually no oh, shoes. <laughs> oh, wow. Um, yeah, so that was one of our things. And then there was this place near us called Clay Bottom Lake. And we'd ride the horses over there bareback and um, swim them in the lake. And it was out in the middle of the woods, in the middle of nowhere. So, of course, this was way before cell phones, way, way before any. And nobody knew where we were. And one time, uh, I don't really remember what happened, but Brenda, like, was on my horse. And he reared up or something. And she, like, literally got stuck underneath him and was like stuck in the clay for a few minutes underground and somehow popped back up. And she still hasn't told her parents about that. <laughs> and that was, you know, 40 years ago. Oh my uh, goodness. Because she could have easily not been with us still. <laughs> um, and I mean, one time Brenda and I were riding again, just bareback, no helmets, you know, out there just galloping. It, it was kind of a lot of country where we were in Tampa that's now all grown up and, um, you know, subdivisions. But we came, we were going down this long dirt road and we came to the sign that said no trespassing, just nailed on a tree. We were like, eh, that doesn't include us. So we just kept riding and we got oh, no. like came around the corner and there was a house and this man came out with a shotgun and shot the shotgun. Oh, off my God. And we, of course, our horses spun, which was good because we needed them to spin and run away as fast as possible. We are so lucky we stayed on it. It was pretty terrible. That one was terrifying. Wow. That's like, that's pretty picturesque as far as a movie, you know, no chest exactly. passing and then a guy with a shotgun. Like, it kind of was goodness. like that, thinking back about <laughs> it. I have a few more, but go ahead and tell me some of yours. Well, you know, I give so much more power to like, you and eventers especially because I have never been that brave on a horse. I didn't grow up riding. And so when I was 
uh, probably eight or nine, we moved out to kind of horse country, but I, I didn't really get, I had my mini, you know, that I got when I was probably 12 and he was, he was a lot of fun, but you know, I wouldn't say there's much that you can do. That's super crazy with a mini. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, But when we did move down, we moved to a house that actually had had a roping arena right next to it. The people who had moved out took everything, including the sand that always baffled me as a kid. They (laughs) scraped up the sand. Um, But we, we did get to ride some of my neighbor's horses who, you know, he had some really, really awesome, just, you know, the kind of Western horses that you just look where you want to go and they go there, you know, Mm -hmm. it's, they're just really, really, really well broke horses. And when we started getting into horses, my poor parents didn't know anything. And so I think I've told you, you know, we ended up with a couple of crazy horses and one of them was a two-year-old mare that I rode for a season. And, you know, I was talking to my next door neighbor friend who, who was a, a roper. And he's like, you are so brave. And I was like, Oh, cause like I knew I wasn't brave. I'm, I'm terrified. I was terrified of everything. Like, I think I was, gosh, the first time I cantered on a horse, I was probably 20, 24. <laughs> like, <laughs> um, but, but I was like, Oh really? Like what makes you say so? And he's like, well, cause you'll just get on whatever horse. I was like, it, it took me off guard because I was like, well, yeah, but that's because that's just what I've got. I like it just did, it didn't occur to me that getting on whatever horse, even if it was a yeah. green broke two year old mare and I had no idea what I was doing, you know, was uh, considered brave. But I remember I did try my first canter on that horse. We were I was coming from home from the the barn. We had a trail that went back between, behind a bunch of houses up to this big old Western barn and we'd ride back. And my, my dad, my siblings and my, my roping friend, he was, they were driving back on the road and I had, I thought it would be cool to get an Australian saddle because I think I was always attracted to like the close contact of English, but I also wanted the horn and I just liked being different when I was a teenager. So I ordered this Australian saddle off of eBay and I'm riding along. I'm like, I'm going to, I'm this whole trip out to the barn has gone great. I've been trotting on her. I'm like, I'm going to, I'm going to try to canter. And I, you know, I squeeze and I give her a kiss and she takes two strides. <laughs> and my, my parents are just coming up and they see the horse come up and my head come up and then my head go down because that Australian saddle twisted as soon as she uh-uh. started to canter and just ended up under her belly and I ended up on the ground and that was technically my first one and a half strides of a canter <laughs> that I ever rode on purpose in my life so you know it's not I guess you know maybe I didn't uh, careen all over bareback but I you know sometimes just getting on a crazy horse can be a crazy thing a crazy thing that is true. That is true. Um, when we were growing up, my friend Brenda and I, um, we would go on Saturday mornings. Our parents would each give us $1. Now, this shows how old we are. We give us $1 and for the whole day. And we'd get on our horses bareback. We did wear tennis shoes, but we did not have um, helmets. And we would ride the entire day, which it baffles me also now to think back, like, did we give our horses water? I have no idea how these horses just went the whole day, but we would always go to McDonald's for lunch. That's where the dollar comes in. We would tie our, (laughs) we would tie our horses in the woods right next to the McDonald's. We'd go inside and you could get 
a cheeseburger, French fries, and a small drink for 99 cents. Wow. And we'd sit in a booth where we could see the woods and we'd see the, the trees like shaking. So we knew the horses were still like tied there because they were moving around. <laughs> oh, God. And then we'd eat lunch and then we'd go back out and get on them and ride some more. We'd ride through the woods and we'd set up all kinds of, uh, you know, tree. We'd find broken tree limbs and, and put them across the path. And one time I had a thoroughbred that I had bought that um, I'm pretty sure I was riding bareback. Uh, we set up some jumps in the woods and I don't know what he did, but I fell off and I broke my tailbone. <gasps> so I landed on my butt, but Ouch. I had to get back on. We were far, far away. And I could, oh, it was horrible. I had to, somehow I climbed back on and we rode all the way back home because there, yeah, no cell phones. Nobody knew where we were. Um, and then I had to get on my bicycle and ride oh. home from the barn. <laughs> oh. And my mom took me to the doctor and sure enough, I'd broken my tailbone. Um, oh my it, goodness. Yeah. I said to it's, my mom one time later when, you know, I was grown and had a daughter and everything and who I would not let do that kind of stuff. <laughs> and I said, um, what were you thinking? Just letting us go ride these horses all day. It was so dangerous. And she's like, oh, it was normal. Everybody did it, which is true. Like you just got on your bike and re left for the day. If you, you know, whatever mode of transportation you had, you we had happened to have well. horses. So, yeah, that's, that's so fun. You know, that's, that's crazy. The only time I've ever been injured on a horse, I actually didn't know for a couple of weeks because I, um, when I did start actually learning how to ride and riding English, um, I was in a barn that retrained off the track thoroughbreds. So, uh -huh. you know, normally it's not a fantastic idea to have people learning how to ride horses, riding horses, learning how to be ridden. <laughs> but, uh, it, it went, it went pretty good most of the time, but I was riding this mare around and we were just cantering around, but she spooked at something in the corner and she went sideways and I kept going forward, you know, <laughs> and I landed, I didn't think anything of it, got back up. And then, um, a couple of weeks later, actually, <laughs> so funny because I actually ended up with such a major concussion that I was I was out of no work way. for I was out for 14 weeks 16 weeks something like that I got a, it was bad I had to be on total brain rest I couldn't I wasn't allowed to read I wasn't I just I laid in bed and listened to audiobooks but everybody's like oh did you fall off your horse I was like well no Technically, I had a couple weeks earlier, and that's my excuse for maybe it made this worse. But what actually happened was it was raining. I have a little a little car. It's not quite a sport car, but it's kind of low. And I was wearing a pencil skirt on my way to church, and I was hurrying out to the car. And I didn't duck low enough getting in that little car. And I conked the side of my head on the metal door frame so hard. <laughs> that you know i saw stars i kind of blacked out for a second but you know i just i kind of came to and i was like i gotta get to church so i you know went to church it wasn't until the next day i was like oh i i feel sick i started feeling nauseated and and just really didn't feel good and went to urgent care and we're like yeah you got a pretty you got a pretty good concussion so yep i uh <laughs> so wasn't on the horses the horse? you blame the horse no. though no, no, I don't. I, that's just my excuse for my embarrassing story that actually has nothing to do with horses. Just, you know, I'm like, well, maybe my brain was already shook up a little bit from the fall, you know, a week or two before that. But I don't know. It's mostly just an excuse so I can be less embarrassed that I hit my head getting in my own car. 
That's crazy. <laughs> well, um, when I had my horse farm in Wellington, we had a miniature horse and he drove a buggy. And so Abby, oh. my daughter, she was probably like eight or nine. Um, she, she would drive the buggy everywhere with him. Um, and one day I was in the barn aisle with a bunch of kids getting them ready for their riding lessons. They were all tacking up. And we could see out the window of the stalls into the arena uh, in our riding ring and where the jumps are. And we see Abby put on her helmet. She's like wearing shorts and tennis shoes. She puts on her, no, would have been paddock boots. She always wore paddock boots no matter what. Cheers. Shorts and paddock boots. She climbed on the miniature horse who has never been ridden before and just picks up the lead rope and gallops full speed ahead through the, around the ring, through the open gate and right into the barn where we were and just slid to a stop. She didn't even fall off. We were all like, what did you just do? She goes, just decided it was time he learned to be ridden. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my goodness. So the apple didn't fall too far from the tree there. (laughs) Wow. That is, that is so much fun. Well, speaking of Abby, I think our next guest, our first guest here trained with the same person that Abby trained with for a little while, right? That's Can you right. introduce Alan, us to Haley? Sure. Haley Royce. She's um, a, a show jumper and is already in the Grand Prix. And she trains with Alan Karakin and Susan Tucinardi at Castlewood Horse Farm in Wellington, Florida. Hi, Haley. Um, it was really cool because I was in Wellington not too long ago and we went in Coldstone Creamery to get ice cream as one does. And I saw this girl, like two people in front of me and I thought that girl looks familiar and it was you. <laughs> yeah, that was so funny. It was so nice to see you. Yeah, it was great to actually meet you. A lot of people I'd never get to actually meet in person um, because, you know, they might be in California or just, you know, anywhere. Um, so that was pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. So. Absolutely. Yeah. So tell us about, you have such an amazing following on social media. Well, tell us how that all developed. Okay. Well, I started my following when I was quite young with my dad a little bit. Uh-huh. Um, started on Facebook and Instagram. And I just started sharing my riding videos. He, my dad would help me make some really cool videos. We used some GoPro cameras. Um, I don't know if you've seen those of mine. But I've used some GoPros and in the ring and schooling rings at home practicing. It kind of gives a cool point of view. So I think those videos did really well and engaged a lot of people. And then from there, I just kind of continued to share my story with everyone. And Mm -hmm. it took off from there. Yeah. I mean, you have a lot of followers. It's really cool. I was really excited when you posted your story, your sideline story (laughs) online, just to see all the love that you got from so many people. That was pretty cool. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, The feedback was great. Yeah, it was great. Turned out wonderful. Uh, Thank you. Yeah. Well, uh, the pictures were fabulous. I love the pictures of you. Um, And I think Brittany has a question to ask you about your hair. Yes. You have such (laughs) long, beautiful hair with like the just beautiful curls. How, first of all, how do you get that all in your helmet? We had to go back and look at your jumping pictures and we're like, yep, it's all in there. (laughs) Is that a challenge? No. Yeah, actually it was a challenge for quite some time. It took me a long time to find a helmet that really kind of fit my head right. And I was able to put my hair all the way up in it but the cask really works for me and I'm able to fit all my hair up in it well and it um is secure and stays up so that's really nice 
definitely a lot of hair to manage. (laughs) Yeah. I I was going to ask, like, especially with, you know, riding and being around horses, you know, that's kind of, it can be a dirty occupation sometimes. Is it tough to take care of? Yeah, absolutely. Usually when I'm at the bar and I have my helmet on all day long, so it's usually not a problem, but it definitely is hard to take care of sometimes. (laughs) Take a lot of maintenance. Wow. Well, it's, it's certainly beautiful. Um, have you had it long for a long time? Yeah, I've always, always had it long. It um, kind of can get big and a little bit frizzy just from the humidity and stuff. So having it longer helps keep the yeah. weight a little bit. Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah I wouldn't have thought of that. That's oh. awesome. I, when I lived in Florida, my hair is frizzy also, and the longer it is, the better it was. Because the shorter yeah, it is, it just out. poofs up into this horrible poof. <laughs> exactly, exactly. It's, it's bad. <laughs> wow. Yeah, I, I didn't have that problem. I grew up in Utah where it's just dry, 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 dry. dry so, yep. yeah, yeah, you have different different issues with with that. But uh, yeah, so, sure. so, Haley, you started competing Grand Prix at 13, like, that is incredible, but have you felt any pressure to keep getting better from that level and advancing or is it just like fun and motivating to you? Um, I think a little bit of both. I think there's been more pressure. Um, I put more pressure on myself really to continue advancing and moving up in the levels than anybody else has. Mm -hmm. Um, It's more about me wanting to, you know, keep pushing to do more and knowing that I can succeed in bigger classes and (laughs) at different competitions. So it's just, I think it's been more of for me because my parents and my trainers have always been very supportive of um, whatever I wanted to do and kind of allowed me to push myself a little bit, which has been amazing. Um, Which is also challenging sometimes when I want to do something and then maybe it doesn't work out in my favor. (laughs) Yeah, that's true. But um, it's... There's always ups and downs when you're always striving for more, right? <laughs> right. Well, how did you finish up um, at WEF with your horses? Um, I finished up WEF with my horse week 11. Uh-huh. We finished with the two-star that week, uh, which was really fun. I did very well. There was a two-phase. I did the 142 phase the first day, and that was a fun class. There were about 80 in it. And my horse was amazing, jumped clear. We ended up second in that. So that was pretty cool. That's awesome. And then just missed the cutoff for qualifying for the Grand Prix, but my horse oh. jumped fantastic in the qualifier. So I was very happy with him. Oh, good. Well, um, you train with Alan and Susan at Castlewood Farms. And when I lived in Wellington and had my horse farm there, um, mm-hmm. my daughter rode and we would, Alan would send us ponies for her to ride. And then when she had her children's jumpers, we would go over there and um, he would teach her and then he would show her, he would uh, help her at the shows. And I have two funny stories about Alan and maybe you have some others, but um, I remember one time, I guess we were talking about oxers and we were standing out in the ring at Castlewood and I don't know why he said this, but all of a sudden he said, see that oxer over there? It's a square one. He goes, from now on, we shall call it a squawkser. (laughs) <laughs> I was just like that's so funny I know does he and still then, call it a squawk I don't know I guess, does he call it you have to ask him that he ask does him. not uh, you have to remind him that he told us that that it's called a squawkser because um, it was a square oxer and then another yeah. time 
my daughter had, um, she had a show jumper, I mean, a children's jumper named Don Juan. We were at WEF showing and we were standing at the end gate and she was about to go in the class. And for whatever reason, Alan was standing back by, by the horse's rump and he smacked him hard on the rump like when, <laughs> when it was time to go in. And Don Juan just let out a kick and he kicked him right in the thigh. <gasps> And he oh, had, no. chap, he had, Alan had a, a chapstick in his pocket and he said for like weeks, he had a chapstick size. He had a bruise with it, but the chapstick was <laughs> fine. <laughs> That's hilarious. That's so funny. I know. So how has it been uh, Alan, with Alan and Susan? Um, it's been amazing. You know, um, they do so much for me. They've given me so many horses to ride and opportunities to ride and train on many different horses as well as all of the lessons and training at home. And um, like you were kind of mentioning, Alan and Susan, they have such a great sense of humor and they're able yeah. to just keep it light and fun as well as training. So that's always yeah. nice. That's good. Well, um, Brittany and I have been talking uh, lately about uh, crazy things we did with horses when we were kids. And we have some crazy stories that makes you wonder <laughs> how we're all still alive. Um, and you're definitely younger, so you might not have experienced all that. But do you have anything you did like as a young when you were younger that was like crazy horse stuff? I definitely do. <laughs> <laughs> OK, can I you share think, any um, that your parents won't yeah, round you? <laughs> <laughs> yes, of course. Um, I definitely think one of the things that um, I have that allowed me to, you know, really love the horses and love the sport is I was able to spend so much time with them and just enjoying the horses when I was little. My friends and I at the barns that I grew up at, we used to just play around with our horses. We'd ride them bareback, double bareback, <laughs> riding yep. around. I remember um, vividly one time, I don't think my trainer was in town and one of my friends and I, we were like, let's synchronize jump our horses. Yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> so we're in the ring, synchronized jumping our horses around. It didn't end up so well, but it was a very fun <laughs> time for sure. Ah, oh, that's great. Looking yeah. back, maybe not the smartest idea, but. Yeah, I think we all horse people have that, those, you know, stories like where you, you know, you're cantering and you decide to stand up on the bareback, you know, on the horse. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Stuff like that. <laughs> Not going to say I ever yeah, tried absolutely. that, but anyway. <laughs> so, okay. Well, thank And uh, we look forward to watching your career as it progresses. Thank you guys so much. James North has owned and operated Northland Farm for over 25 years, coaching students through Pony Finals, ASPCA Medal, and USEF McClay Finals, and Young Rider Competitions. In 2019, he became the director of equine sciences at the Knox School, and he's here to tell us more about it. The Knox School is a preparatory, college preparatory school, just 50 miles outside of Manhattan in, on Long, Long Island. It's been in operation since 1904, so we've been around for a long time. And the, wow. the equine, yeah, it was kind of started as, a, as a, an all-girls finishing school, but the uh, equestrian department was always very prominent. In 1970, the, the school went co-ed and um, has always had kind of a reputation for international students being so close to Manhattan. About uh, three or three and a half years ago, they, they asked me to come up and give the, the equine science program a revamp. So uh, we introduced the equine science uh, classes. We have a, uh, one and two for first years and second years. We do everything from anatomy and physiology to to uh, kind of competition training for the for the kids who want to go that way, and then in the second year 
we go a little bit more specific to training horses and learning how to judge hunters and jumpers and um, wow. the equitation. Yeah, so it really gets pretty comprehensive for for a high school program. That is so amazing. How can people learn more about the Knox School? Well, the, the easiest thing to do is to go to uh, our website at knoxschool.org. And that gives you, a, you push the, the link for the uh, virtual tour and it takes you all around the campus and you can see the, the, all the different programs. Uh, that's probably the best way to, to, to do it. Although I'm not tech savvy and all of that, I'm a bit old fashioned. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's really where everybody uh, nowadays goes. <laughs> Awesome. Well, thank you so much. And and thank you for presenting this episode to our listeners. Oh, it's my pleasure. It's my pleasure. Next up, we have Cosby Green. Cosby has been eventing since she was young because it was all she knew. She grew up attending the Kentucky three-day event and says she didn't even know there were other disciplines to choose from. Now, Cosby is 21, a student at the University of Kentucky and an advanced eventer who made the 2022 Emerging Athlete Eventing 25 list. She was also the Advanced Intercollegiate Champion and overall second-ranked USEF Advanced Young Adult last year. Hi, Cosby. We are so excited to have you. Thank you for joining us. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited. Awesome. So you're a student at the University of Kentucky, right? When do you graduate? I am hoping to graduate early in December 2022. Uh, I've been working really hard to graduate early, so... Wow, that that makes me wonder even more. How do you balance school, especially working to graduate early, with you know riding on the eventing team and outside competitions? That sounds like a lot. I um, am a bit insane, but I would say <laughs> I've gotten a bit lucky with COVID. Even though you know it's a terrible thing that's been happening, but with the online classes, with that happening, um, I've kind of I've gotten lucky being able to manage my time and and traveling and everything. And there's been a new degree that just came out for UK. That's an online general business degree. And last fall I decided, yep, I've got a couple of advanced sources that those need to be the priority for me. So I'm able to do college um, from afar and be involved with the team and compete all the horses. So, I mean, I'm a crazy scheduler. So I just try to try to balance all the things and try to, finesse my way to make all the things work. Um, I really am huge about that. So I feel like that's something that many eventers have said though, that they're a little insane. At least I think <laughs> oh, that about eventers. No, no offense. I'm just, a, it terrifies me, um, you know, cross country. So I'm not an eventer, but Jan and I have been talking a lot about other crazy things that we've done on horses. And I'm sure you have some great stories, especially as an eventer, but what are some of the craziest things that you've ever done on a horse? Oh gosh. Um, yeah. I, I can't say that I've done anything too wild. Um, I would just say when I was younger, I rode a little bit of everything. I would ride some quarter horses, some young thoroughbreds. And I would probably just say the craziest thing I've done is sitting on anything I can get my hands on. Maybe when I should have been sitting on them. Um, I would say that kind of ties back to being an inventor. I just have no fear and, and we'll just ride anything with, with four legs really. So, um, I'm not huge into bareback riding or anything. I'm, I can't say I'm too skilled at that. So, um, just riding just about anything and, and being excited about it. That's probably the worst part about it. So, <laughs> 
Well, um, you were named to the 2022 Emerging Athlete Eventing 25 list, which is amazing. Um, what does that yes. mean to you? How does that make you feel? I was absolutely stoked to be on it. I wasn't expecting it, but I love, first of all, going back to the trials that we had the, um, to see uh-huh. who was going to be on the list. I loved meeting everybody that was there. I made some new friends and I love just being able to see them at the shows and saying, Hey, and there's been a lot of other people that I've known on the list since eventing 18, which no longer exists, but just some friends that I've been able to grow up in the sport with and, um, kind of gets me out of my comfort zone of the people at my barn, which I love that. That's probably my most favorite thing about being on the list is being around the people. And then I also love, the Leslie taking lessons with Leslie is amazing. Mm -hmm. And this year we're allowed to take a certain number of lessons with him and train with him. And um, while I love training with the people that I mainly train with, it's super nice to be able to go over to him and see what he has to say and any, and he can just say things in a different way. And it really clicks with me. And just if I see him at a show, if I want to have, if I have a question about a line it's just so excellent to be able to have those resources that he knows me well enough and um, my horses that I could just have an outside opinion on. And that I love that. So that's much. A, yeah, that's uh, amazing. Being able to have the resources. Yeah. yeah. And I've worked with him for, uh, I mean, a while since I was 17 or so. So he knows me pretty well. So I am honored to be on that list and it's amazing. I encourage anyone to apply. Oh, well, that's neat. And you are talking about Leslie Law, the inventor. Yes, um, yes, yes. Yes. And then so ex- for the people listening that who might not know what this emerging athlete eventing 25 list is, just tell us how you get on it and what it does. I guess what it's all about. OK, so the minimum requirement to be on the, the list is you have to do a CCI three star long competition okay. and you have to have a qualifying score there. But they're also People can also be talent spotted. Um, so essentially this list is they look at all the people that apply all over the country and they select about 10 or 12 people to be on the list, to be able to have the lessons with Leslie and um, have just have the opportunities. So anyone that qualifies can apply or is close can apply to be recommended on there. And then the idea and the goal of the list is to for kind of a pipeline to mm-hmm. the Olympic level. And mm-hmm. there's different stages for eventing. There's different um, levels, like there's the elite level and then the pre-elite. And then the, you know, there's just different levels kind of as it funnels down. And, and the eventing 25 is kind of the start to being on the funnel of those lists and hopefully representing your country and team one day. So um, they start, they start kind of broad and then obviously they, they hone in as it gets higher up the level. So, well, that's wonderful. And I'm so excited for you and congratulations for being on that list. Thank you so much. Thank you. I know that's exciting. Um, So now do you have any favorite horses that you have right now, or maybe back over the years? I would have to say anyone who knows me, my favorite horse would have to be um, one of my four star horses, Copper beach. Uh um, Also known as Sean. He, um, it's Buck's old five-star mount, and he's showing me how to do some four-stars, and he is everything I will always look for in another horse. He is kind. He knows what he's doing, and he forgives me when I make mistakes, but he also, he just 
can read my mind and I can read his and I just never met a sweeter horse and he is truly my best friend and I think he'll always be my favorite horse Aww. forever. He's the best. So just Aww. a puppy dog. Yeah. Oh, that's so sweet. And the um, story we have on you in the um, April issue of sidelines, you, there's a picture, the fir- picture on the first page. I love it because your hair and he- and his coat match. you like, you are the same, you have the same yes. color. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. We're, we're twin flames. You could say. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> so you said he was, um, Buck Davidson's horse. Yes. He was so, Buck Davidson's horse. Yeah. Okay. And you train with Buck Davidson. So tell us I do. a little bit about that. Cause now Buck's one Land Rover, right? He's not one Land Rover. He's come really close to it. Um, his father has won it multiple ah, times. Ah, that's right. Okay. Uh, um, many times. So Buck's, Buck's coming, coming for it this year though. No, make no mistake. Um, (laughs) But I love working with Buck and Sean, especially because he had Sean when he was a five-year-old, I'm pretty sure. And they picked him out of the Goresbridge go for gold sale. And he brought him all the way up to the five-star level. And he can tell things that I can't tell when we're riding. He knows if I move my body a certain way, Sean will do it. So it's been super, it can be difficult because he knows what Sean can do. Um, so it really forces me to rise to the occasion when I ride with, with Buck and Sean together. He really, it challenges me in in a great way, but, um, sometimes it can be a little frustrating because, you know, he can do it and I can't. So, um, I love it. I love it a lot. It's a really great opportunity. He's taken my riding to the next level. Um, Sean definitely really has. So Uh, that's amazing. So what are your plans, you know, right now for, your eventing schedule? Um, so I'm headed, I just did stable view and the four star with copper beach and I'm headed in a couple days back to chat to do the four star there with my other horse and, um, you know, looking for longs this spring and then just trying to get those four star long qualifications. So I can hopefully head to a five star in the near future and, I'd love to be able to go overseas sometime this fall. I need to start looking into that um, with Sean. That uh-huh. would That's always been a goal of mine. And I couldn't think of a better horse to do that on that would take care of me when I'm super nervous because he's done it before. So that would be my end goal is I'd love to do a fall over or a show overseas this fall. Oh, that's so. great. Great. Yeah. Well, now, in your spare time, which I don't even know how you have spare time, <laughs> uh, <it's> <laughs> you, like, you like to paint shoes. And I honestly thought when you first told me that, that you meant horseshoes, like, you know how like <laughs> kids paint them at camp. <laughs> yes, yes. That's not what you mean. So what do you mean? Like, are you talking tennis shoes, high heel shoes? What you're talking women, men's, what are you talking? Yeah. So I've done a little bit of everything this I'll kind of go back. It started during quarantine when I needed to feel like I had some purpose and shows were shut down. So I needed something to, you know, put my brain into. And so I started painting shoes, kind of started with some bands and then developed into some, um, Nike shoes and I paint them. I'm really a perfectionist. So it just kind of honed all that in. And I've sold a couple of shoes to some friends that, um, want them, made them for birthday presents and, I can really do just about anything, any design, if I have enough time. Um, And my favorite pair is the shoes that I made for my trainer, Allie Knowles, her (laughs) little baby girl. Um, I made her some custom shoes and she wears them around every day. So that makes me super happy. So um, if you ever want shoes, 
painted, customized, you can reach out to me. I'm a bit busy at the moment. I haven't <laughs> done two since um, the last fall or whenever there was like around Christmas break because that was the last time I had free time. But anytime I have free time or the show schedule is quiet, I need to be doing something. So um, reach out to me and I have an Instagram and everything. If you want to check them out, I haven't posted recently, but um, I love it. It's something fun. It's, it's my therapy outside of horses. So. Wow. That's you amazing. Like a, yeah, a special pa- you have to use like a special paint or any, like I just. Yes. Yeah. There's some um, special leather paint that I use, but for the wow. vans, it doesn't have to be as fancy, but they hold up pretty well. So. Wow. That now, is can so you cool. paint? Can you paint horses? Like pictures of horses' heads and stuff? I can paint. I could if I really tried. I have been more into not as horsey shoes. I could. I could okay. do it. It would take me some time. I'm not as skilled as that. Okay. <laughs> and then, which Instagram is it on? Your regular Instagram? It's on. It's called CG Pop Designs. Um, I think I have under 100 followers, so it's not anything. <laughs> It's not anything great, but it's a, it's something that I kind of spotlight my my other talent on. You can maybe call it talent, but um, it's not on my main account or anything. So okay, because I was going to say I have not seen these, so I will have to go uh, look at them up. And I'm looking at them right now. <gasps> They're really good. Wow! You. Wow! You're very talented. Look at the ones Thank with the, the hen and the um, John Deere tractor. <laughs> Those are amazing. Yes. Yes. Those are some more baby shoes. I love the baby shoes. <laughs> okay. Oh these are goodness. very cool. Ex- Thank you. Some UK shoes. That's awesome. Oh, yes. Okay. Well, I think you need horse heads on the toe. I agree. <laughs> yeah. I need to make some horseshoes. That is for sure. Some people horseshoes. I people horseshoes. That's right. People horseshoes. Yes. <laughs> well, thanks for being on the show and make sure when we get it out there that you share it with all your friends. Absolutely, I will. Thank you guys again so much for having me. The Classic and Gulf Coast Classic Company's philosophy is to offer an event for every level of rider and horse. From lead line to Olympic level Grand Prix competition, from seasoned horse and rider team to a first time horse show experience, the Classic Company offers competition that provides the comp- competitor substantial prize money, award winning facilities and courses, quality competition, and the best customer service in the industry. The Ocala Spring Classic is currently underway and joined Classic in 2023 for the 25th anniversary of the Gulf Coast Winter Classic. The no entry fee Grand Prix is back in 2023 and so much more. Visit ClassicCompany.com to learn more. Doug Payne owns and operates his own three-day eventing farm, Payne Equestrian, with his wife, Jess, who has also competed at the five-star level. Doug and Jess have two kids, four-year-old Hudson and two-year-old Abigail. Doug competed in the Tokyo Olympics, and we are so excited to have him on the cover of our April eventing issue. First, I guess I should say congratulations to both of you on Doug going to the Olympics. That was uh, yeah, exciting, and I know probably one of your goals in life. Yeah, it's a pretty wild experience i'll tell you that but it's a a massive credit to the group of people that we have behind us because without them we would uh absolutely not be headed that direction yeah and uh you're like a triple threat because you do show jumping and dressage not just in the eventing world but in the real world um trying trying that's that's been the goal always is um is to really develop it to a point where you can go to a discipline specific competition and have a legitimate chance to, to win. So that's our, that's the goal at least. 
Yeah, that's that's pretty incredible. Uh, more power to you. I like that. Um, so, Doug and Jess, we, Brittany and I have on this episode been talking about crazy things we've done with horses in our lives, mostly like when we were young and and silly. And uh, do you have any stories like that? You know, where you, you know, rode bareback and stood up and cantered. Oh. You know, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, my my sisters and I all had ponies and horses, and most of the time we didn't have shoes on or a saddle, yeah. and in the wintertime we actually did tie one of them up with a western saddle and drag a trash can top and go sledding behind it. <laughs> <laughs> we started with the horses doing that, but then we evolved to tractors and then trucks with that because they were a lot faster. Yeah. <laughs> we evolved a lot further. We just stayed with the horses. So, And I would say my sister and I both, same, same idea, I'd run around bareback just cruising around the farm and we had a great game of course the fat little ponies just wanted to eat grass so we'd go as fast as we could drop the reins and then they'd stop and eat and slide down their neck and hop on and go again that was <laughs> that was always our game that that and sort of cops and robbers sort of idea wow that's so fun now that you guys are parents do you let your kids do crazy no, things around the no, horses not <laughs> <laughs> well i don't think it's it's a i don't think it's a function of letting them do it but we're definitely not pushing to have a pony around from day one by the I means if they, if they're really motivated, want to do it, clearly we'd support them, but, um, it's definitely got to be their choice. And, um, they're, they're willing to put this, some effort into it first. Yeah. Wow. And I do Probably. think it's a, it's a different era now because when, uh, and I mean, I'm older than you guys, but even when uh, we were younger, you know, we could do crazy things with our horses and ponies. Um, I don't know if we can do that. People can do that as much anymore because, you know, I think if they get to the point that they want the ponies, I think they'll be going free reign. Especially Abby, our youngest the daughter, she's a total bull in a china shop, so I'm sure <laughs> she'll be terrorizing everything. And luckily, the entire wow. fence, the entire property is fenced, so she couldn't get too too far. Well, that's good. So I, I would expect she'd be terrorizing people at some point here pretty soon. That's good. <laughs> that's amazing. Wow. Do they spend a lot of time at the barn with you? Uh, not a quite, we have, um, a great girl that helps us out and stuff. And so they, they go around the barn and they love their scooters and their bikes and their, they have little like car gator type things that they drive around, little motorized things. Mm. So they drive those everywhere, but they, they'll hang out out at the show and stuff. But most of the time they're, they're terrorizing the rest of the property and kind of stay out of the barn a good bit. That's awesome. Well, we love the pictures of all four of you that we've got in the magazine. How did that photo shoot go? I know kids can be kind of uh, a challenge with photos. <laughs> I think the kids are a challenge. I found the biggest challenge was the costume change situation. <laughs> oh, <laughs> we made we made Doug change into a couple different costumes and stuff, and so he wasn't. Um, wasn't a fan of all of it. He would like to do one outfit and stay in it. And we're like, no, you got to keep changing, go to a different scenery and stuff like that. So he, uh, he was not a fan of the costume change. The kids loved it. They're like next, next. And then they, they were pretty happy. They liked their pictures taken. So they were actually a little less difficult than Doug. <laughs> well, um, that Doug, you are not alone. That's funny because whenever we do the photo shoots and we ask the, the men to change, they never want to. The women are always willing. The men are not. So you're not alone. I, think, I mean, honestly, one shot, one kill. Like, let's, let's get this thing going, right? Like, take a few <laughs> pictures in and out. We'll do this 20 minutes. I think we were like three hours later. We're still taking pictures. Yeah, but when I look at <laughs> the pictures. But I will say, they did a wonderful job, though, with them. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's one of those things at the time. You're like, oh, my, can we really take another picture? But <laughs> by, the, by the time the thing's all done, the photos that we 
have out of it are amazing. Pam did an amazing job. She yeah, was, she's great. She was so fun to work with, and she kind of just picked great places around the property and then um, kind of just took us around to where she thought best, and they really did come out beautifully. And to have Doug competing at not just the international level, but at the Olympics, that's got to be, I mean, not very many families have that dynamic going on. No, it's it's pretty awesome. I mean, it's something that we really, as a family, have worked towards, and I think our kids have no idea. They think it's kind of normal, which is very strange because, you know, Hudson wears his Tokyo hat or his sweatshirt and stuff. He's like, oh, yeah, my dad went to Tokyo, the Olympics. I'm like, that is not normal, man. Like, <laughs> <laughs> And you'll see, like, the other, you know, not long ago, he actually saw McLean Ward wearing the same hat, and he goes, Mom, he must have gone to Tokyo, too. He has the same hat as us. He has no idea, Doug. He has no idea what we're talking about. So I think they don't understand, but we are very, very fortunate that we're in this situation that, that they can enjoy it with us. So and it's a big challenge too during during the Olympics, it was because of COVID, of course, nobody really could join along with. So that was a huge challenge. Probably by far it was the longest I'd ever been away from Jess and the kids you know, since yeah. we had them. And so luckily technology is a wonderful thing. We are able to do some FaceTime and that sort of thing and, and do your best to try to stay as if, as normal as possible. But um, clearly that's not, not totally possible, but it's a, uh, it's just an absolutely incredible experience and something that, you know, you always in growing up, I always looked at it like it would be a totally killer thing to do, right. To be able to right. go to the games, um, but at the same time, I wasn't setting my life success or failure based on if I got to go or not. Because there's just so many other factors that have to line up to end up having the right horse at the right time that's sound and with a good group of owners and supporters and support staff, everything behind you. So the fact that it does happen is kind of the cherry on top, if you will. But right. Definitely. It's, it's something that for sure you'll absolutely never forget. And it changes. It really does change our reality going forward there's a lot of doors that open up as a result and we're just lucky and privileged and trying to make the most of the opportunities we get um now are you going to be competing at land rover this year yeah so it'll be crazy busy we've got two horses in the five star so van diver that went to tokyo and then a mm-hmm. younger horse called quantum leap and we've got two in the four star which is a uh, star witness that went to the pan ams and then we've got a young horse that just moved up called camarillo and he just did his first four-star last weekend, actually. Four shorts. Yeah, four shorts. And then we've also got a jumper that's going to be doing the Split Rock Invitational Grand Prix that's happening the same weekend. So oh, we'll wow. have five horses coming with us, actually. Holly. <laughs> oh, uh, and Star Witness is on the cover with you in this uh, yeah, April, April issue of Sidelines. She is beautiful. Uh, she knows it. <laughs> <laughs> and who owns her? So a partnership... Uh, Lori McCree and Catherine Winter, Jess and myself all have, we have a group together with her. So most of the horses that we have with us that are competing any length of time that are hopefully destined to the top, we've got a partnership along with, because certainly we couldn't do it by ourselves. And frankly, being able to share the experience is half the fun of the whole, whole situation. So, yep. So that, that's the group there. And, and Van Diver is owned by Debbie Crowley and uh, Debbie and Kevin Crowley and Jess and myself, and the cool thing about him and what was so special for them to come to Tokyo is they actually bred him as well. Oh, wow. So they've had him for, 
I mean, he's 18 this year, so they've had him for, you know, for his entire lifetime. And frankly, we're planning before he was born. So pretty special that they were able to breed a horse and then join him at the Olympic Games. Yeah, that's pretty amazing. I, I'm just so excited for you guys. Um, well, I'm excited about your horse world. You're flying a little plane kind of scares me. So uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> tell me about that. And- I'll tell you, I get, I get dropped by horses way, way more often than I'm ever in bind on the plane. That's really? Okay. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, we, we, we just came back this past weekend. You guys enjoy this. We had three in the Grand Prix this past week at Tryon. And, I mean, they were excellent. All were double clear. They were what second six and eighth in the end of it but we have a, a new horse that's coming with us and we've got a, i think a group that's going to be able to s- sort of come back and support him as well but anyway warming up for the jump off and i go to adjust my stirrup and promptly got completely dropped because he's oh. he's a little funny like you you make any sort of quick moves and i'm like oh this should be t- no big deal right like <laughs> drop your stirrup a hole the moment he saw my foot move, he just like bolted out from underneath me, and of course oh, he was gone. Yeah, gone. Oh gosh! So I'm laying on the ground. I'm like, well, we got to get back on it. And he's always a little funny getting on anyway, so that's a whole ordeal. Just to terrified him, so we have to like go get him. It takes a couple of us to help Doug get on. I'm like, oh my goodness, like this oh, is no. <laughs> this is like I'm like you knew it's spooky. He goes, I thought I could adjust my stirrup. I'm like, nope, nope, nope. clearly not. Not, really not. Really not. Well, um, tell us about the plane, your little plane. Do you have a, a yeah, runway a, right there at your farm? Well, we're very close. Uh, super lucky. Four miles from here. It's called Person County, and that's a. We've got a hangar up there. It's a little Grumman Tiger. It's a four seat single engine, and something I'd always been interested in. My uh, educational background. I have a degree in mechanical engineering, and we did a whole ton of stuff with control systems, and a lot of it was aviation application. And I always thought it'd be cost prohibitive, but we had a, there's a great um, airport in Aiken where we lived for six years and a little flight school there and got into it. And, you know, it's opened up so many opportunities for us with the kids. Obviously we're on the road all the time. So if we do have any bit of time off, we're able to go somewhere meaningful. It's basically three times faster than driving. Um, And the the wild part for us is at least on a per mile basis, it's actually a slightly cheaper than driving the pickup truck. So it's it's turned out to be a, a a really special thing for our family because it allows us to spend more time together. And a a really good friend of mine that um, helped get me into, into planes. He said, you know what time's thing you'll never get back. And these are time machines. And I think he's, I think he's dead. Right. And, uh, you know, spending time with the family is super important and, Unfortunately, with what we do, it's it's a little harder than it could be for for most people. But this certainly helps. Yes. I, yeah. Well, that's pretty cool. Yeah, I love that. I love that focus on on your family and spending time uh, together. And Jess, you used to compete um, at the five star level, right? Yes. Yes, I had a really cool, uh, he was little, he's still alive, he's 26 and still competing, but with uh, a partner, Doug talks about our partnerships with a lot of people that go in on the horses with us. One of the ladies, her and her husband uh, are partners of a couple of our horses, and she actually now uh, owns the high society horse that I had, and he he was amazing, like he was a fireball, he had jumped through everything, and so mm. he did not know he was 15 too he had the biggest stride and uh, he was so much fun i um 
was very lucky. I took him to Kentucky three years in a row. So it was pretty fun. Wow. That's, that's so amazing. Obviously you're very passionate about that. And now you're kind of more of a supporting role for Doug and for your kids. And so what would you say about how fulfilling that is for you compared to competing yourself? Um, it's still very nerve wracking to be honest. Oh. <laughs> it's, very, it's a little, uh, it's very strange. The first time I watched Doug compete at a big event, uh, is a very different kind of nervousness. And so I think it's because I wasn't, I couldn't be in control. You know, you're always like excited to go out of the Starbucks at a big, big event and you're nervous. You know, you want to see the finish flags, you want to do well and all of the above. And so it was different when I watched Doug go out of the Starbucks, it was very different experience, but same kind of thrill as well. And so it's been fun to help the horses come along and beat their potential and stuff like that. Even though I'm not the one riding them, I really do enjoy the process of helping Doug bring them along and whether it's on the ground or if I need to gallop them or flat them or jump them or all of the above, it's been fun in a different way and Mm. still just as nerve wracking to be honest. (laughs) Wow. It's been a huge help too because Jeff Jeff actually rides probably what call it six ish ballpark yeah, a day. Six, yeah, uh, six horses a day. a day at home. And so it's it's a huge help to have somebody that you know can get on it's that knows what you're looking for and has been there before and it's wow. a it's a huge advantage. That is so cool. I love all that stuff that you guys do together and and Jess you are a host of Heels Down Happy Hour right here on Horse Radio Network right yes yes Uh, we're going on like three plus years it's been super fun been one of the original co-hosts awesome yeah so people can head over to to that and check that out to hear more from Jess thank you both so much for being with us we really appreciate it we love getting to know you guys and we are so thankful we are Thankful that we were on the cover. You guys have got to check out the Sidelines magazine and read all the interesting articles that April has for you guys. Sidelines can be found at sidelinesmagazine.com where you can subscribe to the Sidelines Scoop and get every new issue in your email for free. Find the links to today's guests and the show notes at horsesinthemorning.com. You can follow Horses in the Morning on Facebook. Just search for Horses in the Morning. You can have all the Horse Radio Network shows with you wherever you go with our free app for iPhone and Android. Go to your app store and search Horse Radio Network. Thanks to our sponsors, the Knox School and Classic Company Horse Shows. We'll see you on the sidelines.